Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Talks with Thompson podcast. I'm really excited to have uh, one of my my good friends and, and former students, uh, Brandy Takas, on the uh, podcast today. Um, thanks for being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. I wanted to tell you that you are number 50. <laughs> I was probably going to read wrong when you look at it on the screen, but yeah, you're number 50. And then, uh, so I'm going on a hiatus and you're the last podcast before the hiatus. So I saved the best for last. That's right. Or the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll leave it up to those in the comments to, to determine if it's the best or the worst, but uh, <laughs> if they say the worst, I'll delete the comments. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to talk to you and, and uh, give the give those listening uh, some background as, as you know how you built your career and, and everything. So um, you're the lead creative strategist with Marketplace Strategy, and it looks like you just got uh, that promotion. So congratulations! Thank you. Um, previous to that, you were uh, the Amazon creative strategist uh, for for Marketplace Strategies. What uh, what does an Amazon creative strategist do? Yeah, so um, Marketplace Strategy originally started with a focus around Amazon, which is still like our main focus as far as optimizing sales for brands um, on marketplaces. But we've also been branching out to other marketplaces as far as Walmart is, is like one of our top ones, Target, um, you know, home improvement sites like Home Depot and, and other things like that. Basically, online websites that are not like your brand website where you're able to, to be a brand and, and sell your products, um, but specifically as um, a creative strategist on our team focusing around Amazon, we're, we're creating custom imagery for, for each product um, within the product image gallery. So, you know, you go to Amazon, you search for a laptop, um, you're able to, to choose from all the different brands. And then once you click on a product, you're able to, you know, flip through that image gallery. And basically we're making like advertisements organically within, within that gallery to really make it custom you know, call out features and benefits that, that we're calling out in the bullet points, the titles, the descriptions, focusing on keyword research. Um, and then there's a, some other sections that people like consumers aren't really as familiar with. Um, so above the fold is obviously like that image gallery, but then below the fold, there's a section called an A plus page, which is just like a series of, of different like modules. So we're, we're able to, I mean, it's very restrictive, but we're able to, to you know, break barriers of all the squares and rectangles that, that we have. So series of five modules, you know, images, live text, and again, just using our, our opportunities to, to fill it out and, and create another advertisement. Um, and then there's also Amazon stores, which again, most people don't know about, but it's basically a website within Amazon where the brand can showcase all that they have to offer. Um, and so it's a, it's a huge piece of advertising. So basically Amazon created this to act as landing pages, but we're also able to have like a full out website. Um, I would say it's very similar to, to like a Wix site or a Squarespace where you have like squares, rectangles, and you can import like an image, you can import like a paragraph, you know, design it however you want. But again, restrictive and, and we like breaking those barriers and, and breaking all of Amazon's rules. Um, as like, <laughs> they're very restrictive and, and things that we can and cannot say, like if we're going to claim that we're the best, we better have like a study or a survey or something like that, that actually wow. proves that they're very specific about, about those types of qualifications. 
Well, I would assume it's because the work that you do is on their platform and that in and of itself is a reflection of their platform. Yeah. Because the, the, yeah, go ahead. Another thing is uh, that's interesting. So like the, the below the fold content, the A plus pages and the stores were allowed to be like super branded and, and they highly encourage that. But the product images themselves, like if we're, if we're being branded, including logos or, or anything that leads away from Amazon, so like websites, talking about competitors or anything like that, it automatically gets denied or flagged and we have to fix it in order to actually get it live. Wow. Like so, they'll, they'll even suppress our products so that people can't even find them or purchase them. Wow. It's crazy. That is, I mean, it's their platform. They're allowed to have all the power that they want, but that's just, that's just a, a brutal uh, disadvantage. I mean, that they would present to you. So you got to make sure that the work is good. Yeah. So um, I like that. Uh, so th your, your work originally started in, in graphic design and um, what other, what other skills have you learned besides, you know, how to optimize design wise, these, these A plus pages and et cetera, but what other skills have you learned, uh, in addition to that? Um, so really I've learned a lot about marketing and how, you know, obviously we're, we're all consumers, we all buy things, but how do you communicate that and get someone else to, to buy it? Like, and also realizing your own biases, just because, you think a certain way and would buy a product because of a certain qualification doesn't mean that like the majority of people would do that. So it's, it's important to pay attention to that, that keyword research, paying attention to like what consumers actually are buying. So, you know, your best sellers are your best sellers for a reason, you know, let's look into that and how can we take advantage of that? Um, what else have I learned? Mostly a lot about advertising and marketing, which yeah. definitely did not learn about in college and highly recommend any graphic designer learn about. Um, it's been fun doing Amazon stores because, you know, you kind of get into that website development, but it's more, you know, you're doing a lot more front end development than actually like having, I don't have to do any coding, which is great. Right. <laughs> well, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I just lectured on front-end design and how uh, graphic designers, like they may be in a situation like you are in now where you don't actually, you're not actually developing via code these websites or your work product, um, but you're doing the front-end, you're doing the visuals. And, and I have told them repeatedly, like eventually that is the type of work that you'll likely be doing. You'll be doing it on the front-end but you need to have at least some awareness, let alone working knowledge of how HTML and CSS work. Mm -hmm. um, if only to benefit the developers on your team. Yeah. And so, one of the things I've noticed a lot with our team, so we, the way we have like a lot of different teams that work together. So actually for Amazon, the creative team, we don't really implement a lot. We're kind of handing it off to another team to implement onto Amazon. But stores have been one of those things where it's easier for us to just like jump in and, and move things around. Um, but I've noticed like as my team continues to grow, a lot of times they don't get into stores until they're a little bit more advanced, maybe like mm -hmm. a year in. And it's like something clicks. It's like Images in A+, we don't have that, that kind of contact with, and it doesn't always, you know, it's ambiguous. You don't understand exactly how it works, even though 
you create it and you see it live and all of that other stuff and interact with it. But then actually creating the store in the back end is like a whole nother process. And it's like, oh, this is how it works. It makes more sense now. And I like, I totally see the growth in my team after that point. It like, it like skyrockets to like 12 different steps. And it's like, this is so amazing to see, like you actually interacting with the platform and, and learning so much more. Wow. That's cool. So uh, I'm curious, how has, um, it, it, as sad as it may be, like has, has marketplace strategy and, and the work that you do seen a lot of uh, more volume, more activity because of the pandemic and everyone buying from Amazon and having it shipped to their house? Yeah. So a lot of what we've been seeing, a lot of what we've been reading is that e-commerce in general has grown. Like we're like five years ahead of where we would have been since the pandemic. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Um, But also there were a lot of issues last year because like with shipping and things like that on Amazon, if you're not able to sell your products, then it, it creates a lot of issues with where you show up in the search. And so if you don't have that sales velocity, you won't show up on the, on the first page. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, Amazon was only allowing essential items to be purchased. So like soap, food, um, masks and things like that. And it's, so if you lost that sales velocity, you, you would have a lot of inventory issues and, and things like that. But out of my wheelhouse, just things that I hear about, I get to do all the fun creative imagery. imagery. <laughs> leave the leave the sales and the supply chain stuff to the other people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting to to know all the you know kind of the inner intricacies of how Amazon works with vendors and and shops and and everything. It seems like it's a really complex but diverse sort of ecosystem to work. Mm-hmm. It definitely so, makes you a different kind of shopper too. Like if I go to a page and I don't see any imagery, I'm like, I don't want this product. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's actually, that's actually a really good point. So like, what are your pointers for, you know, knowing when a good product is, is like, or what are your pointers for identifying a good product? For sure. So, I mean, it, you can tell the difference between a product that just has different views of the product itself or the packaging, or if they're actually including like lifestyle imagery of it in use, they're, they're adding in videos, you know, talking more about the product um, and just like focusing on those features and benefits and, and bringing those to the forefront. Whereas if you go to a blank page and there's like two images, it's like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing with Amazon is since it did start out more as like a seller um, for like smaller, smaller, like we always make the joke that that you could purchase anything from like Sam's basement and Sam's basement could be selling like loads of like, you know, tumblers or something like that, that he brought that he bought from from China or something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like you have to pay attention to to that buy box, like even though it's the brand's product, they may not always be winning the buy box when you when you automatically add to cart. So paying attention, like is it shipped from and sold by Amazon or does it say it's sold from the brand and making sure that that you're purchasing from the brand? Because otherwise they can't they can't qualify that product and they can't say that it's like certified or, or anything like that. Wow. Is, so is that like so, for example, um, I got I ran into some extra money lately <laughs> and, and uh, I've been looking at electric bicycles. Right. 
And like, there's just, there's a million of them. I don't even know where to start. Um, but one thing that I'm finding, at least for, for my own particular user experience is I check the Prime box. So I search by Prime. Mm -hmm. And if it's not on Prime, I'm probably not gonna buy it because I don't wanna pay for shipping. That's why I pay for Prime. Um, do, you, do you take that, that tactic, that strategy into consideration when you're doing your work? For sure. So obviously everyone wants to be Prime, but if you're a smaller seller, you can't always have that capability. Right. Um, and so obviously like we, we do everything to, to help our brands, you know, be in that place. Um, so like prime prime is huge. Plus like the shipping opportunities there are huge. Um, but mostly <clears throat> like when you're on the page and you go to add to cart, it's mm -hmm. going to say like who you're buying from. And that's like the most important part. Yeah. So, um, I should look for that. I'll, I'll have to ask you on the side <laughs> who the, who the ideal people are. Cause I mean, I see a lot of awesome products that, but like come from, uh, companies that I don't know, don't just don't seem trustworthy for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, so I think if you're perception... having that assumption, then it's probably true. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like to think of myself as a, a savvy person when it comes to that stuff, but, um, fortunately I've never bought anything that was like broken or just awful. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there are some things that just kind of set off some kind of instinctive radar. It's like, stay away from that. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I'm glad to, to hear that, you know, you're getting promoted and, and you're having a really uh, great career so far and, you know, with Marketplace Strategy and, and, um, and you're based in Cleveland still? Yep. Okay. No, no plans on leaving, leaving Cleveland at all? No. So since we were supposed to get married last year and didn't, we took all of that money and bought a house. <laughs> oh, okay. Fantastic. Where's the house at? Where are you living? Uh, Westlake, Ohio. Okay, cool. So, so you're going to be a Clevelander from here on out or a Westlake. Near future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about your humble beginnings. So, um, what made you think about getting into the design industry? What was that, that spark, that aha moment? So this is a funny story. Um, so I always tell, and this is one of my favorite stories to tell also. So in elementary school, when they ask you what you want to be when you grow up, um, I literally have the yearbook where I said this too. Um, everyone's like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. And I wanted to be a web page designer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and so I think a lot of that influence just came from already being a creative person and, you know, enjoying drawing and, and being creative and, and doing projects like that. But also um, at the time, my mom was in the design industry. And she was creating websites, I think, for Packard at the time, which I'm, I don't think is anymore um, right. around anymore. Um, and so it was like, I want to be an artist, but I don't really know how to how to be an artist in real life. So graphic design seemed like the place to do that. Um, and then in high school, I went to a local career center, you know, learned all about Adobe, got to do a lot of different things. So, so we did everything from drawing to screen printing to actually printing on a real printing press, which was super cool because we still had to like, you know, line up the registration. Um, and then after that, going, going to YSU for, for graphic and, and interactive design, where I met you. Um, 
first impressions were not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've been over this and, and you're not the only person to feel this way, but please continue. <laughs> no, I think I realized like, even though at the time I, I didn't necessarily like you because you were a really tough teacher, I did realize towards the end of my, my college career there that you were, you were, you were going to teach me a lot and you were going to make sure I knew it and I knew it well. Um, and then I realized that you were going to be my best friend. So I made you my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's very flattering. Um, but doing stuff like the, the design agency with, you know, doing YDW and actually right. getting like experience there and, you know, testing different things out. So then after college, I was really burnt out to be honest, like, you know, your last year of college, you should take it easy. I decided to take 20 credits um, <laughs> and learn every little last thing that I possibly could. And so for about a good six months, um, I didn't do too, too much. I was working in a sign industry, you know, kind of just doing the day to day. Um, and then from there, I went to AmeriCorps Vista where I got to work in the, in the community and kind of made it into a design position. Um, so I got to learn a lot about like how nonprofit works and I got to learn a lot about my community, which was super cool. Um, and then from like during that time, my schedule was super flexible. Um, so I tried out a bunch of different opportunities. So I worked at a newspaper in the ad center. I did some, some teaching for you, um, mm -hmm. filling in there while you were on paternity leave. That's right. I did adult education, um, what else? I had a lot of different like small jobs and then I was also doing freelance. Right. Um, and I realized all of those things, even though I thought I wanted to do them, I definitely didn't want to do them after trying them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is that like in, in the, in the sequence of your career, that, that time where you were trying so many different things out, uh, there for most people, I would say, that don't get that there comes a point later in their career and their life when they want that. Mm -hmm. And it's either after they get laid off or like they, you know, sometimes get fired or they quit because they're sick of their job and they don't know what to do. And that's usually like in their forties and late thirties after you've cultivated all of this experience. So I'm glad that you got that, that experience up front while you were younger. So you could really help you know, hone and, and focus on a, on a particular path to take. Yeah. It, it finally clicked and made sense. Like in college, when you and some of the other professors were like, you know, you need to interview the company that you're interviewing mm -hmm. for and figure out like the place that you want to work. And it's like, I'm in college, I'm poor. I just want a job. I don't care where it is, or if they treat me like right. a slave, just give me some money. <laughs> And then after doing all of those experiences, it's like, it doesn't really matter how much or how little money you make. You need to A, enjoy what you're doing and B, and kind of most importantly is enjoy the workplace that you work for and the yeah. people you work with, because you literally have to interact with them for eight hours a day. And if they suck, you're going to hate your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might, you work with someone long enough, like you spend more time with them than you do your family, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, at least in pre-pandemic times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the money's good and, and everything. And, you know, I, I know a lot of, practically all students are concerned about that first job and, and just getting some money in the bank. And I totally get that. But 
you know, from, from my experience, it, that first job never sticks. For sure. Yeah. You know, you, you get that, you get that experience, it gets money in the bank and then you move on because you realize there are better things. And, you know, one thing that has been interesting to me is since I left YSU and started it at Pitt Business, where uh, unlike where you went to school, YSU, there was, there wasn't an emphasis, a huge emphasis on careers in the sense that like, you're here to do the art, to, to do the, to do the growth and the learning. And then, oh, great, you got a job. So like, that was one thing that I really wanted to focus on when I was there is like, you know, help you and others actually find jobs, even if you graduated, you know, years after, uh, you know, you had me for class, whatever, I always wanted to be there. But now that I'm at Pitt Business, it's like extremely career focused. It, I mean, extremely. And that's a compliment because what they're doing is they're, they're trying to create this perception that like that first job that you get as a Pitt Business graduate, like not only is that job going to be your foot in the door to climb that corporate ladder, but it's also going to give you that money, right? So it, it's actually accommodating both things. So a lot of students, they get that first job, um, it pays well, but it also keeps them in a particular company. So they get that permanence, right? For sure. Um, I'll tell you one thing though, that, that kind of made me sad was that like, so you got that nonprofit experience and you also got to experience a nonprofit salary in, you know, Northeastern Ohio, yeah. which was for not, it probably was not that much. It, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, it wasn't, that, I mean, for entry level, it's like to be expected, especially for the Youngstown area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine there being a ton of growth there, yeah. to be honest. Um, right. And I mean, nonprofit, they, they're nonprofit for a reason, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> but my first job was, I think, $27,000 a year. And that was... 2007. See, I was at 30, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, see that, (laughs) and, but I work, it's just fascinating to see how salaries grow. So, like, you started at 30 at that nonprofit, and then a business student, they would start at, in some cases, as low, as low as 56. What? On, On the higher end, there were some students that would get recruited to work in New York, and they would make six figures. Could you imagine being 22 years old and making like $90,000? I can't imagine that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So it, it's just, it's just, it's eye-opening. It's been, it's just bizarre. And, uh, but that's why I asked you also about like, what other skills are you learning on the job? Because you can take that with you to your next thing or, you know, and ideally you stay where you're at if you're happy and then you can grow that, that corporate, that corporate ladder, so to speak. But, um, oh, and also to give you some context, I applied when I was looking for jobs, when I was working at the nonprofit, I applied it at um, like a local small agency and they offered me, I think 27 or 28. And I was like, well, I'm not even like, I'm making more than that now. Like, what can you do? And, and they weren't offering insurance. Oh, <laughs> freelancer, basically. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, you you made you made good decisions, and, and and I'm glad you got that experience in trying different things. 
I, I, I totally blanked. I completely forgot. It was so long ago that, yeah, you subbed for me when uh, Amelia was born. And yeah. yeah, I'm sure that, so how you felt uh, <laughs> at that time is probably how I've, similar to how I felt during, for teaching during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was like pulling teeth. So, so no MFA in, in your future. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no. Have you given any thought to graduate school? I have, um, but probably more for like the business side, maybe advertising. I've thought about user experience. Mar- yeah, yeah. Um, Mar- maybe marketing science. Maybe would marketing, be, yeah. 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 I used um, to think I wanted to do coding and I, I tried a few classes out when I was doing my bachelor's. Um, that, did, that did not go well. <laughs> yeah, I've found for, for graphic designers and, and artists like, if you're a digital media artist, that might be a little bit different, but for the most part, artists just don't take well to code as a medium for, for creating things. And that's totally fine. Um, I think I could in a different teaching style. Um, just because, I mean, you're used to, you know, design and art and th- like very visual people. And then like with, with my coding classes, it was like, okay, first step, do this. Second step, do this. Third step, do this. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to write a program. And it's completely different than all of those steps and you just have to figure it out. And I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Um, <laughs> well, um, so so here you are, you, you got all of these different experiences and you started with design when you were younger. I started as a designer when I was 11. So I've been doing this for uh, 21 years, something like that or no, 25 years, um, a long time, my entire life. And I actually like that about me, that I've been doing this for so long. Do you, mm-hmm. do you like that you got your, your start so as a younger person? For sure. Um, I mean, it's always kept things interesting. I think there were definitely some times where it was like, all right, I've been doing this for a while. Is this really like what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, like, it's super natural to always be questioning yourself or like you, you've been doing the same thing for how long, how do you know you don't like something else? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is some, like, I feel like I'm really good at it. And it is one of those things that like, I do enjoy doing every day and it is super fulfilling. Um, like agency work in general is like, it's very fast paced and we get to work with so many different clients. So like, I could be working on Tuno one day and the next day I'm working on headphones. So it's really cool to be in those different types of industries. Um, And then also like my growth of the company, like I've kind of made it my own and and figuring it out. So I decided like, since I was one of the first people and the first designer on the team, like I've been able to like create what this position is and like being a leader. And so now, now being in a management position, you know, I get to help people grow and work on goals and, and figuring out those different types of things. But then also within the company, we have so many different facets. Like we have a media team, we have a content team, which is all of like our, our copywriters. And then also, you know, like technical and, and working in the back end and figuring out like how to deal with third party sellers. And it's like, if I'm interested in that stuff, you know, I'm allowed to, to figure it out and question it. And how does it affect the work that we do every day? And, and you know, just just being curious and figuring it out. One of the things I think that is missing for me personally is I've I've gotten to a point where it might not be enough 
you know, to be creative, I've realized like I'm not doing as much outside of work. Whereas like before I used to do like photography or, or freelance and things like that. And I think that's something like you do need to do some stuff for fun. Absolutely. That's just like purely fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you and, and I can relate because I feel like that, that there's a gap in my life right now missing with that, that creative aspect. And when you get into management, you know, you have to go through this reprioritization and in some respects, like, you know, management opens you up to do some of those things, Mm -hmm. but you're always thinking about the job and the team and making sure their needs are met, that it takes away from this other thing. And yeah, I completely get that. In fact, I, I have no actual creative output right now at all other than just doing freelance work. So I've actually had to channel that in a different way. So I take my bike out and do like, try to do like five miles a day. Um, And then of course I've got a kid. So playing with her and engaging in in her creative play, which is at times really fun, but at times also exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I can only do the the Super Mario voice for so long before my uh, vocal cords break. (laughs) He's obsessed with Mario and Luigi right now. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, you've had just a a wide variety of experiences and you're still, you know, really early into your career and I'm I'm really excited and and certainly proud. Um, What what advice would would you have for, for students now? Like, you know, what would, what would you recommend to them for, you know, breaking into the industry or how to learn new things? What advice would you have? Use RJ. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. That's very kind. (laughs) No, I mean, really though, like reaching out to your professors and, and your old teachers is really important. Like I'm still in contact with, um, one of my favorite teachers from when I was in high school. Like I use her for, I've used her for references. I've used you for references, Um, And really just like making those types of connections of people, you know, can keep you honest and like who you can reach out to Um, and just learning as much as you possibly can, like not like what you put into college is what you're going to get out of it. Um, And I don't like I always knew that, you know, I was I was a good student. I got good grades and things like that. But then it got to I think it was like in my junior or senior year. And I realized like I need to really like figure out what I want to do or like what interests me. I I need to stop, you know, just following every step and like, what are some of the extra things that I can do to, you know, give me some experience or, or let me figure that out. Um, and just being one of the things, I think I learned it from you or I, I don't know who, but not being afraid to fail is super important. I know it can be really scary, um, but failure is learning. Um, and so figuring out, like, I don't look at, at any of those past jobs as failures, but I was able to learn a little bit about myself and about the industry with every single experience. So, you know, not being afraid to fail because the more you're afraid, the more it's going to hold you back. That's right. Yeah. It'll cripple your decision-making so much so that it might end up like you stay in a job that you hate, that grinds at your soul and you, you know, desperately want to leave, but the fear, it boxes you in and you can't, can't get out of it. Uh, I think that's a really healthy uh, perspective to have. And I think that 
you know, as a manager now, that's going to help you guide your team along and, and mentor them through the process that you've already gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you've got good people, you want to retain them and, and keep them around and, you know, as long as you can. So you have to nurture those relationships beyond just like, oh, uh, you want a promotion. Okay, well, let's, let's really think about what it takes to incorporate career growth into your, your plan. For sure. Yeah. So maybe that's the, the couple, the three weeks you spent teaching for me coming through there. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It was, I think I've always been like super interested in design. And so then being in like some of those entry level courses where I was filling in for you, it was like, Mm. they don't want to be here. So why am I here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how like you went through the same program and you wanted to be there and you obviously got out of it what you did, but then to be on the other side of that, not far removed. And it's like, I wanted to be here and you don't, and we're only like a couple of years apart. Like what is happening? Was that, <laughs> was that confusing for you? I, I think I was just blinded though, too, in my own experience of like, I'm, I've always been one of those people, like, I'm not afraid to speak up during critique, although, like, I am more naturally, like, a shy person in, like, casual conversation and things, like, in critique, it was always more of a comfortable situation, you know, like, you're a part of the group, and, like, it's helping them to learn and improve and better themselves, it's, like, it's, I'm not saying this to hurt you, like, I'm not saying your, your work sucks, I'm, I want you, I want to help you grow and, like, make it better. Mm-hmm. But like no one wanted to speak up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the introverts in the room, yeah, took over. Well, nevertheless, I'm I'm glad. Thank you for filling in for me again. Um, and <laughs> um, and I'm I'm really excited for for you and your career growth and and everything that that you're doing. And um, and I'm glad that that you found a place that you can invest in and feels feel like they invest in you and you know, it seems like you could be there for as, as long as you want. That's what I plan on. Great. That's awesome. I, um, we should all be so lucky to, to, to find that kind of permanence. Um, it, it seems like these days, you know, designers, I, I, I mean, even in Pittsburgh alone, like all the people that I know in the design industry, they hop, they're all hopping around to different agencies, you know, and, Sometimes I'll be at one agency for five years and I'll be at one for 10 and then another one at two. They're just always moving around. It's kind of strange. Yeah. I mean, what, I don't, I don't know what's like set for the future, but I mean, I don't have any plans to, to, you know, move around. I really enjoy the people I work with and what I do. And I don't know, it's, it's nice to, to feel that. Um, I've been in some really tough situations where like that was not even close to a thought in my mind where it was like super unhappy and I didn't want to be around any of those people. And why are you all so negative and hate your lives and still work here? Like, (laughs) yeah. so finding that is, has been really amazing. Well, I'm glad you have it. And for those that are listening or watching, how could they reach out, learn more about you or Marketplace Strategy? How can they get in touch? 
Um, so if you want to learn about Marketplace Strategy, you can go to marketplacestrategy.com. Um, also, we have some amazing social media that shows like what our in-office culture was like pre-pandemic and what I'm hoping it, it can be like after a pandemic. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Brandy Takis. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that works. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much, Brandy. This was great. And hopefully we can uh, check in with you again someday in the future and next promotion <laughs> right around that time. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, RJ.